Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by... Pelican built tough for all situations. Go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget for all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs. Go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake for all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs. Go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I'm your host, as always, Jimmy Skinner. Back with me again, Dan Perry. What's going on, Dano? What's up, man? Not much, man. Just uh, trying to make it through the week. What about you? No, I'm, I, I've been working on my, my kayak. I finally got my motor up on there, and just I'm waiting on, like, a, I bought the a damn S. Anderson plug, and then I figured out I needed, like, a crimping tool. I guess I didn't have to have to, but. I went ahead and bought one, so I'm waiting. It's supposed to be here Thursday, and then I can crimp it, put the plug in, then I'll be good to go. So just been messing with that. That's one thing that's cool about the the Marinco stuff. Uh, if you if anybody hadn't used one, and it's you know a lot of people like to cheap out and go with the um, I can't even remember it's something marine, the real cheap ones you get at like Academy. Um, one that wire size typically ain't big enough for a lot of stuff, but uh, the the Marinco actually come with sleeves that you strip the wire, slide the sleeve over and their terminals have dual Allen head set screws. So you can crimp it. It sends you the Allen wrench and it crimps the way you don't have to, you know, have that crimping tool for, cause I think those accept up to like number six wire. That's what I ran all my stuff on oversized just cause I've had heat issues and I don't really want to melt a hole in my kayak. That's right. That would have been it too. I I, I went the Anderson way. I, I I don't know if I know that plug. It's like the the two. Uh, I don't know. Is it the flat one? Yeah, it's it's kind of flat, like the golf cart battery. Look. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what those are. I didn't know that's what they were called. I always called them welding plugs because all of our welders had them yeah. to connect our welding leads and stuff. Yeah, Pretty cool. Spider. Got him, poor little bastard. <laughs> Holy cow! What the hell's going on up there? He's infested. <laughs> wow. All right. Well. So, uh, well, thanks for everybody for coming back to join us again for another week this week. Uh, there was a ton of freaking tournaments in the, in the world. There were, uh, 22 with over 25 people in them. So kayak fishing is in full swing right now for kayak tournament fishing is in full swing. But this week we have the, uh, winners from the Hobie BOS show. Daniel, bring them in. Yeah. So from the, 
Lake, Lake Winnipesaukee. Yeah, we have a uh, winner, Justin Largen, uh, Matt Zapala, and Justin Lacasse. Lacasse, right? Lacasse. 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 I said it right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, w- welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for being on. Thanks. Thanks for having us, man. Cool. Well, we'll start with Justin. Tell everybody who you are. I, I know you've been on before, and we tried to have you on not too long ago, but then uh, uh, we decided to do something else, and yeah, but it worked out because you you're on a couple weeks later. So there we go. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, man. Yeah, Justin Lawrence, Virginia. Uh, and uh, having a having a really fun year. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I got sound like you got some bugs or something in the background there. I don't Somebody's know. got some buzzing going on. It got crazy there for a second. I don't Hold know. On. Let me see. I think I know which one it is. Uh, that one? No. Wouldn't. Yep. Yeah. It's Justin. Yep. All right, Matt. How about you, man? Tell everybody who you are. Uh, Matt Zapala. I'm uh, from Albany, New York. All I'm right. supposed to say more. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, whatever you want people to know, it's up to you. Uh, I've, I've been fishing since I could walk. Um, you know, I grew up bass fishing in upstate New York. I did, uh, I, you know, I've gone through phases. I've done a ton of saltwater uh, fishing for striped bass in the Northeast from Montauk to Cape Cod. Uh, a lot of the inshore stuff along the Florida Panhandle and the rest of the Gulf Coast down to St. Pete. Um, the big thing for me during my my college years was catch and release land based shark fishing, yeah. and that's Ooh. actually how I got my first kayak. Was I needed a mechanism to get uh, you know a pound chunk of stingray over a sandbar. And, um, so, you know, I got my first, um, kayak when I was 16 and, you know, in addition to dropping baits, I started fishing out of it. So I've been fishing out of a, out of kayaks for, you know, like six, 17, 17 years. I still have that kayak. I still use it in the rivers. So, wow. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and then I, uh, you know, I, I don't have that much time to travel and do all those, all those fun things anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck doing more of the, just the freshwater stuff up here in upstate New York. And that's pretty much it. Cool. Thank you. And Ju- Justin, you've been on before, haven't you? Uh, no, I haven't. No. no? Okay. Well, you, you I, I've, I've listened that. a lot. I've, I've definitely listened a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. I've never <laughs> been on here before. I could have sworn we had had him on too. I, yeah. I really thought we did. Huh. Well, tell us about yourself, Bubba. Uh, I'm from Rhode Island. I uh, grew up in Maine, moved back to Rhode Island. I uh, fished my whole life, all freshwater. I'm not really much of a saltwater guy, even though I live in Rhode Island, which is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> but I, I started kayak fishing about four or five years ago, traveled a little bit, I do a tournament here, a tournament there. Uh, but this year I really, uh, set it, set out to really travel and do some more major tournaments. Uh, this was my first Hobie event. Um, but I mean, this is the dream, you know, try try to cash as much checks as, as you can and make a name for yourself. Well, you're one for one. Can't beat that for Hobie. He's got got a few other checks back there behind him too. 
Yeah, I got a second, KBF. I got, I got a second place on the Charles River a few years back. Uh, sixth place last year on Lake Erie. Um, ninth place this year on Champlain, and fourth place this year on Mesolonsky. Nice. There you go. All right. Got a good, good run going. Yeah, I got some momentum right now. I'm really trying to keep that going, um, especially going into the Susky, because uh, if that works out, I'm sitting real good with points and might have to fish another Hobie event after that. Darnell, huh? Are, yeah. are, all, are all three? Well, all I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a big river guy, so Wolf Fox River is actually oh, okay, uh, that's closer looking too, good right? to me. Uh, it, they're probably both about the same distance. Okay, are all three all fishing the Susky? I um, it in the Susky. I'm on the wait list. I, uh, I'm like 40 or 50 names down, so it's it's not. Don't don't count yourself out because my buddy had the same thing on Chick. He was like 46th down, and he ended up getting in. Like yeah, so I was, don't okay. count it out. <laughs> I I wanted to get to, into Santee, uh, and I didn't ex- that I didn't expect it to sell out as fast as it did, and I didn't get in. So I was on the waiting list, but by the time they got to me, it was like a week before the tournament. And I'm, I think I was like 38th or something on the wait list and they ended up getting to me. But, um, with a week notice, there was no way I was getting the time off of work and then being able to practice and all that stuff. So I didn't go to Santee. Yeah. I, I got in on the wait list for the, um, for you follow. I wish I hadn't, but, uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <clears throat> yeah, they can keep that lake. And I live in Alabama. They can have it, man. <laughs> the lake well, stops. At, the, the state starts stops at Montgomery. Everything else below it is crap. <laughs> I was going to say, man, like, I've fished for a long time, and I've never really considered that a lake in Alabama. We always, yeah. I don't know. It's just not part of the state, it seems like. but Because we have Gunnersville and Pickwick and, and Wheeler. And, yeah. yeah. Seminole and Eufaula, both them lakes. I, I don't yeah. know. It's crazy because they play you follow up like it's supposed to be like the big bass capital of the world. It used well, to be. They've it got was, the statue. Right? Yeah. I remember, I think it was even it was less than three years. I remember when I think it was Major League Fishing was there and it was just a f- like five pounders everywhere for everybody all day. I mean, big fish, eight, nine pounds. It wasn't mm. like it is now. It's just. I think that that its title just brought all that pressure and you know, it is what it is now. Just like every other Lake Kentucky lakes, which I think Kentucky lakes coming back. Gunner will sees a lot of pressure. Is it? I try to explain that to people all the time. That's why you can't really stick to your spots all the time and like stick to always like, like I, I have some friends and stuff that like, they always think that this is historically great. Well, it seems like it goes like a four or five year cycle. Sometimes that just hits the bottom of the barrel and then, you know, five years later it comes back if it's, you know, taken care of. So maybe, maybe you follow and uh, someone will do you good, Dan. No, to hell with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back to either one. Like, uh, they, uh, especially Seminole. They, uh, but that, that's enough about me. Been sucking at Hobies. The, um, uh, who wants to tell us about Lake Winnipesaukee, like how it lays out and the, the whole deal kind of. Just give us a breakout for uh, Southerners who have never been all the way up to New Hampshire. I've been to Maine, but for some reason, I never went to New Hampshire. Well, you guys would be better suited to do it than me. It was my first trip, but it's a lot of deep, clear, like emerald blue water. And then there were a couple places that had some 
I guess some shallower areas, but some charcoal, almost Florida looking tannic water. Uh, but Ooh. I mean, I, I, I kind of stayed in my comfort zone and chased largemouth, but uh, I think the lake sets up much more of a, as kind of a smallmouth destination. Yeah. I mean, it's your, it was my first time there too, but it, it's just your classic glacial lake in the Northeast. You know, it's gin clear water, big water, you know, I mean, what is it? 59,000 acres. I mean, it's a big ass lake. Um, uh, you know, surrounded by mountains, it's beautiful. Um, and yeah, it's the, the big thing here to also remember for you guys down South is it's a two stage fishery. Okay. Warm water and cold water species. And then there's that weird interplay between the two. And that's also common in a lot of our other glacial lakes, you know, so whether it's Champlain, George, Cayuga, you know, all that stuff. So, um, I don't know if Lacoste has anything to add. You've, you've been there before, right? Yeah, I've been there three times and I've sucked, I've sucked twice. Um, (laughs) I've never even caught a limit there until this weekend. Um, so I, I do have a little bit of history there. Like they said, it's crystal clear water. That's not my thing at all. Like I belong down south. Uh, I like the power fish. I like thick grass. Uh, but Winnipesaukee, it's there isn't much grass except for those those few areas, like Justin had said. And he stuck to what he's comfortable with, and it worked out. And what's crazy is going into this event, I was telling buddies like I'm going to go fishing for largemouth because that's what I do. Um, but then seeing what people were doing in practice and talking to people with the smallie bite was insane. I was like, I don't think the largemouth population can keep up at Winnipesaukee. And I, I, I kind of heard from, from the people I talked to, I, I heard it was like a lot of people were really, really smashing them in practice and that they were expecting big numbers. I put up 90 on Friday and I mean, I wasn't, that was between like a huge area. You know what I mean? I wasn't picking areas apart. I just catch one here. Uh, the way I practice is one's a fluke, two's two that the, you got a pattern going. So I catch two fish on a spot. I move, catch two fish on a spot, move, two fish on a spot, move. And just doing that on Friday, which was my only day of practice, I put up 90 and it was like insane because tournaments there in the past, if you look at them, uh, 88 has won it uh 82 has won it and 84 has won it in one day events so going in i was just thinking oh, i need mid to high 80s and i'll be all right so when i put up 90 in practice i was like man this is insane yeah that's okay. awesome so, so what was it just, so is just fishing abnormally good yeah i've any, never any seen it that good uh, the smallmouth were up super shallow i've never seen smallmouth so shallow except for in a river uh but a big lake like that, I've never seen smallmouth that shallow. I mean, like one and a half, two feet of water. And it's crystal clear. I mean, you can count the stones in 30 feet of water. So it's, Could, that, that they were just easier to target. Yeah, they, yeah. they were super easy to target. Yeah, I okay. think that's what play, played into it. Were you yeah. guys see any of the smallmouth? Because I, I was up looking a bunch and I could, I don't know if they're just, if the camouflage was so good or what, but I could not see them. Um, and, and unless they were hooked, if you if you stayed still long enough and really stared at an area, you could see them. Um, 
especially Sunday. Saturday, they didn't seem to move around much. They would just tuck up to the rocks and they stayed there. But Sunday, I noticed when I was standing up and really looking around, I started to know the, notice them start to school together. And it looked like they were all starting to move into deeper water. Uh, so for whatever reason, whatever was going on, uh, and Sunday, they were super spooky. Sunday, I mean, I was I was throwing a Ned rig and you'd see a school of like 17, 18 inches cruising along and you throw it in there and they're gone. In second, it's like, what are you afraid of? This thing's an inch and a half long. Um, yeah. And they take off. But yet Saturday, if as soon as you threw it in there, they were annihilated. It's very weird. Hmm. Yeah. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Okay. Well, well uh, since you're already talking about it, Justin, go ahead and tell us about, you know, a little more about your pre-fishing on Friday. You know, just, was it just that, though, just a lot of running and gun, real quick spot checks couple yeah. quick fish each time yeah real real quick um my buddy had been there all week pre-fishing uh so i mean i i had a little intel on what was going on um and we launched he's, he's like i was still playing in largemouth and he's like nah just come launch with me um on Friday and just check it out. And then if you don't like it, you go fish largemouth. So I just asked him, I was like, what areas are you planning on fishing? And he told me the, the area he was going to fish. So I stayed away from that. And I went looking for stuff that I liked. And I found a, a hump right outside of, of this cove. And I caught a couple fish off of it and they were good fish. So I was like, okay, they're in rock piles. I found some, looked at my graph, found some hazard areas that were marked with buoys. Um, and I just went to those areas and it seemed like every single one of them that I went to, there was fish on those rocks and they just um, were all stacked up on these rocks. So I was searching with a spook. I, I think it's a great search bait. You can, you, they'll come up and they'll, they'll, inspect the bait or some of them will smash it but a lot of times with smallies they just come up and tail whip it um so i just worked the spook real fast and just marked where i was seeing fish caught a few fish uh on a ned rig checked out some islands caught some good fish there i mean it seemed like everywhere i went so on on tourney day it was like where do i go where do i start because <laughs> it, it seemed like everywhere i went i caught them just just because you mentioned it and i love throwing a spook what's your what's your favorite spook or which, which spook were you throwing uh the strike king sexy dog jr oh not even a spook yeah it's I'm, not even a spook killed yeah. me inside I, I i call it a spook because that's just it's yeah. a walking bait yeah you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's like calling a yum dinger a senko right 
Like right. a soda, a Coke. Yeah, no, yeah. Not, 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 not the Northern guys. No. Yeah, I I like a I like the sexy dog Junior. Uh, it, it's a it's a good small profile, um, and it seems to walk really well for me. Thank you, Matt. How about well, you, man? Uh, well, I I wanted to find a spoof bike, and uh, I was throwing the big saltwater one, and. Uh, yeah, uh, that's my favorite way to catch smallies up north around here is throwing a big spook. Um, I didn't find anything on that. I had some smaller fish on a popper, um, jerk bait in a net. And, but the bites were, and Justin, you know, I don't know. I mean, when I went looking shallow, it was just like very random. You know, I'd go hit an amazing looking spot and be like i had zero and then i'd go cast in some random place and i'd pick up a you know a 15 fish and i don't know it's just uh, i was like not finding the kind of stuff i wanted to so then i did 14 miles worth of exploring and did a whole bunch of graphing offshore found a bunch of well not a bunch found a few a few few different schools of of bait getting harassed by by smallies offshore and um uh that was pretty much all i really had going through practice even though you know i covered a lot of water i didn't feel great about anything shallow they were like from where i was fishing i mean they were around but i i, I wasn't confident in in a, in a shallow bite leading anywhere um so i you know i went out deep on tournament day so okay so practice wasn't that good so i no, I felt terrible. No, I felt I felt terrible. Um, and with those schools, in particular, the one that I ultimately ended up choosing to fish, it was the very first spot that I graphed. And it was a spot that I marked Avionics app last year when the schedule came out. And I said, hmm, you know, if this sets up the way that I think it could, you know, it could be a really good deal. And ironically you know i went another 13 something miles and didn't find anything else quite like it um so yeah it you know that that that, that was it was that like well, real, some, some crazy <clears throat> depth? sorry what's that was that like super super deep no no oh, okay. um, you know like 30 um, so for 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 my uh riverness here that's very deep that's like twenty five is about where I stop, and I'm still not confident at twenty five. Oh, I've I've caught bass on the bottom in eighty seven. So Jesus, wow. I I like two weeks ago I graphed fish like that, like setting up just right. Looked over, it said eighty five point seven feet, and I was like, nope, just gonna keep going. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I caught one in like forty forty one, so I'm at the L, but only one. That's the deepest fish I've ever bass I've ever caught. I've had, but, but, I've had some 30 to 50 fish days, you know, real, real, real deep. Wow. The, the, I think the best I've done, and just because you were talking spook, is one of our little lakes here in the fall. You can find them schooled up at 40 feet, and it's a clear, real crystal clear place, and you can walk that spook over them, and they'll come all the way up from 40 to get it. And that that's fishing deep my way, I guess. Like. <laughs> get them to come to my my area on that i was want to ask you on that saltwater spook do you swap your swap your hooks out or do you just trust your hooks 
Uh, when I'm not lazy, I'll swap them out to round bend gammas. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I I definitely do the same thing. I always upsize my my hooks two sizes on my spook. It I feel like it makes it sit in place when you walk it a little better, and it just for me at least it's like increases the the hookups. Yeah, I mean that those 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 standard Kamigatsu round bend trebles in the right size. I mean, man, they're really sticky. And and the best part about the you know the five and a half inch version or whatever it is is it's got the three hooks. Yeah, small mouth. That in my opinion. You know, if you're not using a three and a half inch size like Lacoste over here, you need three hooks as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, I've had them. I, I feel you, man. I've had them blow that. I use the Spook Junior a lot and I've had them, you know, oversized hooks on that. And I've had them come up and do like you're talking about tail slap them and just blow them out of the water or see that that big six inch one and still somehow only get one one tip of one of the three treble hooks. Like, I don't know. Small just, mouth, I, man, they're different. I'll say a warning here. I, I bought a Guggen topwater. Like here. Oh, I, I, I need hey, I needed <laughs> I needed one air pinch. They're fielding stream by my house. That's like the only decent looking topwater they had. And that is the most hanging up son of a gun I've ever had. Like you can't throw it out without it getting, you know, screwed up. I don't like any of their hard baits. Terrible. I don't yeah. care what people say about their soft plastics, and it could just be because nobody throws them. They catch fish. They tear up easy with soda Senkos, and I still spend way too much on Senkos. So I don't. I, I that's the only Google I had, and it sucked. So just just so nobody else buys any. Save your money, <laughs> Justin. How, how about you, man? My practice was interesting. I, I the doc talk that I heard kind of before the tournament was it was a smallmouth lake. It was going to take eighty five inches. Uh, you know, I had just come from a tournament on Champlain. You know, people were saying, oh, you know, it's not Champlain. Um, so I I spent some time chasing the smallmouth. It's not something I'm real comfortable with. I haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to do it in a lake like that. Uh, but I, I spent the first spent a bunch of time doing that. And I, I got a few bites. I caught more rock bass than anything. That, that got really frustrating after a while. Um, and then I, I played around shallow a little bit later in the day and I got a couple of good largemouth bites. Um, they were, I mean, I, I covered a pretty good distance. They were, it, it was a lot of, a lot of space between bites. And I just, I wasn't, I didn't really like the area Wednesday, Thursday. I, you know, completely different second lake. I got into this, this one pocket and just, uh, figured something out. I, I just kind of looked across it. Uh, I happened to see a fish cruising and it was acting funny. A lot of times, you know, you, you see one and it, it'll spook real quick. And this one acted almost like a, a fry guard. Like it was, you know, it was circling around and it kind of came back and I, I never could really tell what it was on, but it just acted funny. So I, I spent a lot of time standing up, you know, using the kayak like a paddleboard and going through that area and ended up seeing a couple of fish, uh, on beds, I think they were just really late spawners, and then there were a few that were cruising. Uh, I had a few. I I cut the hook off of a swim jig, and was throwing that around, and had a couple come out from underneath the dock. Uh, a couple big fish follow it, and it, you know, that was kind of what I'd heard was that there's big largemouth in the lake, but you you can't really find enough of them. Mm-hmm. But 
what I found in practice that day was it was just kind of a lot of them in there and they were all pretty guys. So I, I, I spent a lot of time just going through every little nook and cranny, checking every single dock in there, putting, you know, waypoints down to mark where I'd found a bed or, or what I thought was a, a fry garter. Um, I saw one, a couple of small fish rolling at one point, uh, but it was, it, it wasn't a ton of fish. It was, like I said, mm-hmm. it was quality, but not a ton. And, that I decided let me spend Friday looking for something else like that. And I spent the whole day doing that in a kind of a different section of the lake and found just one little pocket. Um, It wasn't really a dock thing in that area, but it was just some, some late post spawners. And I almost didn't even go into that pocket. It it just, it didn't look like anything Um, real shallow going into it you know, a couple of, uh, of homes on it that had, you know, little docks and boats. Um, but it was, it was real shallow at the mouth of it. There was kind of like the other guys were saying, there were some uh, rock hazards there and I just drifted over the shallow stuff and happened to, you know, see a few that, uh, a couple that were fry garters. Um, and then one, I think that was locked on to an actual bed still, you know, mark those fish. I might've had six, you know, little waypoints all kind of in a, a pretty tight cluster and you know, spent the rest of the day check, checking other areas and never really found anything else. So I, I felt confident going into the tournament that I could have one good day. And then it was just going to be kind of a crapshoot the second day. I, uh, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel good that I had enough to actually enough numbers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, I thought put up a big enough bag on the first day that, you know, if I could put up, 70, 75, maybe that'd be enough to get some good points or, or sneak into check range. But after the first day, when I saw how many people had, you know, 80 to 85 inches, it was like 50 people over 80 inches, I think. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. Uh, I was, I was really nervous at that point. Uh, I mean, I was really happy to have the bag that I had, but I, I did not feel great going like that. Uh, I, I, I had uh, underestimated the size of some of those fish in that secondary area, uh, but I I was not confident that I could do any better than maybe 75 to 80. And I was honestly, there were so many people that, that launched in that area where I found those fish. Uh, there were so many other kayaks and then so many other just recreational fishermen going in there. I didn't feel good. I felt like somebody else was going to find them. And it those type of fish, one person, it doesn't take real long to kind of, you know, mess it all up. And I wasn't sure if I could go in there and there'd be any fish. Um, and it just kind of worked out the second day for me. You know, and something to point out, uh, Justin said earlier that, you know, looking at like tournament history, how 82 to 85 usually is what it takes. And like you said, looking here at 51 people caught a minimum of 80 inches. I mean, that's insane to show how good it was fishing. And, you know, I'm trying to, let's see. Day one, there were only the two of you. uh, The two Justins were in the 90s. And then uh, day two, uh, Justin, you were the only person to post a 90. So that that 80 range was just covered up both days. And it didn't taper off much on day two. 44 people still caught, you know, in the 80s. I mean, that's insane. Like when going off history, I mean, that really does show that it was showing out for y'all, you know, last weekend. It it sounds like for you, Justin Largen, it, it was it was tough because you didn't have that many quantity of quantity of fish, but you had the good ones 
uh, Justin and Matt, is there something y'all did in particular to kind of weed through the bigger ones? Were you throwing bigger baits or was it a technique or a certain area that kind of gave you a little bit bigger fish over the field? Cause it seems like, you know, so many people caught them. Well, I caught my, my big fish off the hump. Um, so they weren't in that shallow water where I was catching like the, the 17, 17s and a halfs that were up shallow. So on Saturday, my two big fish came off the same hump in about 25 feet of water. Um, okay. And I, I went back there on day two and I didn't catch a single keeper off that hump. Uh, I caught a bunch of nine to 10 inch smallmouth and I had the live scope on that hump and there was just like thousands of them. So I don't know if they just, the bigger ones just didn't want to compete with the the little guys and moved off. I have no idea what happened to my big fish spot, but uh, it, it left me stranded for quite a while on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, um, it was all in kind of what I was doing, which was very different than what everybody else seemed to be doing. I mean, I was, I was pretty much exclusively targeting smallies chasing bait, you know, in deeper water. And I chose to focus on the one, one particular school because I did catch two fish out of it uh, on Friday during practice that were better than all my fish that I caught up shallow. Um, you know, and on Saturday when the tournament started, my first five fish went 89 inches and I had that by 7 a.m. So, wow. Um, that doesn't suck. I, I just want to experience that feeling once. Just... It was, this was hard earned. Okay. What I'm no, saying, I mean, I feel you. <laughs> oh, no, I don't mean, I don't even mean this tournament. I mean, I paid those dues. I had, I was, I, I said this the other night. Um, I've never had a tournament, no matter how good of a practice, whether it's my home lake, nothing ever goes right in the morning ever. It's always like my fish, you know, my small mouth are like five miles away. They're gone. You know, something terrible happens, and this was the first one where it went right, and it, you know, it, it exceeded my expectations. I was looking at, you know, hopefully catching 85 there, and I would have felt pretty good about it. And I had, you know, 89 by 7 a.m., and then, um, you know, so uh, size-wise, you know, the decision to focus on those those schooling fish was a good one, um, and then on. Sunday, um, they were, and I mean, I laid off of those fish, pretty um, but on Sunday, they were much, 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 much harder to catch, still caught plenty. And in fact, I, you know, I thought about it. Um, I, I probably caught like three or four bags worth of like 86 to 87 and a half inch, like, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I want to say I caught like 10 that were 17 and a half. And those were my two smallest. I mean, you know, it, it just, and then a whole bunch of 17 and a quarters and a whole bunch of 17 evens. And, you know, I mean, I, uh, but I only had two fish, you know, um, over 18. So it was, uh, that was the only trouble on, on Sunday. I got to get up North. I say, I've got to get into a smallmouth fishery that consistent. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. We got we got to get the numbers up. You guys got to travel up here. We're always traveling down there. You guys got to come up. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, I 
you know, I want to go get on the good smallies, but it's nice to have a giant large mouth in your back it, backyard. It is. it is. Trust me. <laughs> I, I much, I much rather catch a giant ro- large mouth. Oh, I don't know. I like that small mouth fight. It, it's, it's nice. I mean, that 20 and a half I caught on Saturday when that thing, it was like 25 feet of water and that fish had to launch six feet out, out of the water when it, when it uh, came to the surface, it was insane. Yeah, the one I caught this weekend, that was the this the biggest smallmouth I've ever caught, weight and length. And I caught it in like six feet of water and was having like I was standing in the creek having to like run backwards because there was like nothing I could do to get it to me. I like he was out running my gear ratio, he was stripping drag, he was jumping, going crazy. I was freaking out, but it was it was awesome when it finally happened. I I'd like to come up there where y'all are so that could possibly happen like more than once every two years. <laughs> how, how big was it? It was a uh, right on 20. It was, I think it was 20. It was close, maybe it had been 20 and a quarter. I can't remember. So we had to, we actually measured it on a rod and then took a rod back to the, uh, the board. Cause we were waiting. We left the kayaks, but it was a uh, four ish pounds and nice. It was still built like a river smallie, so it was like that torpedo shape, but I've never seen one. I mean, he was probably five inches wide. He looked like he had linebacker shoulders. But it was like I didn't even know if it was a small mouth when he first popped up because he looked so oddly shaped. I was like, I don't know what that is. It I mean it almost looked like a drum. And then when he freaked out, it it was on. So but it was sick. Yeah, then you want to go, then you want to go to some of the goby driven fisheries. Yes. That's that is just silly. I mean, you know, uh, the the St. Lawrence isn't exactly a, a, like there's nothing going on up there. I mean, I've lived in New York my whole life. I've only been up there once. Um, it's not um, it's it is a better place to, to fish out of boats, although kayak tournaments there could be amazing, too. But my first time there, I caught a 17 inch fish that weighed three point nine pounds. Oh my god! <laughs> and you know it was seventeen and a quarter and weighed three point nine three or something to give you an idea, you know. So it's just the the goby you know driven stuff, the Great Lakes stuff is just is just out of control. I keep I'm, I'm telling myself I'm going to skip the, the the beach trip one year with the family mm-hmm. and try to time it around like perfect. I don't know when it would be of the year perfect smallmouth time up there and come spend like two weeks and just try to capitalize on something like that. I think it'd be sick, but enough about that. <laughs> Let's get back to, to Winnipesaukee. Cause I honestly can say I've never even heard of this place before this tournament. So it's really cool getting them. I've been seeing the pictures and like drew posted one of his videos. Uh, Cause uh, the way he put, what did he say? His, uh his run came to a screeching halt. That's what he said. And uh, so it definitely <laughs> five, yeah. five tournaments in a row. I feel like there should be a mercy rule if he had had pulled that one out or he had to like skip one or something like that. (laughs) I I mean, I had no idea that I was on anything that I could win with, but I was like, hey, man, you let somebody else win this one. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, was there a certain bait or anything y'all were catching them on? Anything y'all want to share? Almost (laughs) every one of my fish came on a 48. Uh, on Saturday, I threw goby bite, which is kind of a translucent color uh, with with a, it's like almost like a little bit of blue that kind of matches that that water. But it, I don't I don't know how to describe it. 
uh, it's just a, a good clear watercolor. Are you wacky um, rigging it or Texas rigging it? I wacky rig it a lot, and uh, I actually was initially thinking I would do a weighted wacky rig um, until I found out that New Hampshire doesn't allow lead. And uh, oh, I did see all that. That yeah. that was a bummer for me because I mean I, I have some tungsten, but um, you know I've, I've most of my tungsten is like you know flipping style weights for largemouth. Um, I didn't have a lot of a lot of other options, so. What I did was Texas rig. I used a, a light wire two watt EWG hook. I had eight pound line. I think a fifteen pound uh, braid that I was. It was a really long leader. I was really using the braid more as backing uh, to fill the spool. But I caught almost all my fish on that. The second day, the the one bed fish that was actually on a a bed, I caught on a. Uh, it's miss. It's a called a quiver uh four and a half inch it's basically a stick worm but it's got kind of a spade tail um that makes it kind of have a nice little uh glide when it falls yeah a lightweight i got a i think that fish was it was close to 19 like that um but everything else on that stick worm and it's um if you've never thrown it before it's it's i mean think think of senko the same type of little shimmy as it falls it's about the same weight as a senko but it's a different material it holds up a lot better it doesn't rip up and instead of like a senko has that um it's you've got the thickest part in the middle where that egg sac is and then it kind of tapers off on the ends this does the end you kind of have or the opposite you have bulbous tails uh on the end and then it gets a little bit skinnier in the middle Mm -hmm. Um, you keep that same shimmy and you can actually recycle the things like if I can take all the baits that I tore up, you know, basically the two ends match. So I can, you know, once you tear up one end, you just flip the thing around and it fishes the same way on the other end. And then, you know, when you tear that one up, you throw it in a bag and, you know, later on you can wacky rig it somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, I need to invest in those just to save yeah, some money. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I, wasn't using you know even when i when i wacky rig i'm not i'm not even bothering with those little uh the little o-ring deals it's just i like that bait a lot i've i don't even throw the senko anymore it just replaced it for me um real versatile you can texas rig with a lightweight too and and use it as kind of a light flipping bait um it's just it has uh done a lot of work for me this year yeah i mean i'm I write that one down yeah, on my end, um, you guys ready for the big smallmouth secret? Uh, Berkeley flatworm. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you believe yeah. it? Yeah. You believe in the scent? Yeah, I uh, I brought this topic up uh, last night. Um, I I do um, strongly believe in it, um, and a lot of that has to do with just um live scope is an is is a remarkable learning tool and you know i think you can get past like sort of anecdotal evidence you know or or theory when you can make when you can make multiple presentations to the same and you know you're doing it to the same fish right? right And, um, yeah, no, you, it, it's, it's a thing. And, um, the flatworms an absolute killer, you know, on Champlain at the BOS last year, I got sixth and lo and bold, I was using a 
green pumpkin flatworm last year. It was drop shotting it just like it was drop shotting it this year. Last year it was in 10 feet of water. This year it was in 30. You know, I mean, that was it. So I, I, caught, I caught some, I, I used the old Berkeley gulp stuff too. Some of the old, old school stuff from my saltwater. Yeah. And that stuff is, that stuff still, still works. Uh, freshwater, saltwater, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. I did a lot of experimenting, but at the end of the day, that's, uh, especially when you're dead sticking something and, you know, you have a small ages nose down on it and just sit, I mean, you can literally watch them just sit there, you know, and I just feel like my know, heart can't handle that. that bank is going to get in there and, um, you know, and, and it helps out. So. Are you using the, the Mac scent, the purple bag, or are you using the, I guess you would say standard scent? The no, the no, def- Mac scent all the way, purple, purple bags. I don't know if you can see the purple bags. There's some purple bags in the middle. Oh, yeah. Like, a whole bunch of it. Um, so, so, yeah. I, I wonder how it would be, like, if you, the Mac scent versus, because uh, I'm not, I spray all my stuff with scent during a tournament i'm i'm not you know i don't know if i believe in scent but i know i don't have anything saying that it doesn't work i guess and it's like i'm going What's, to do everything i can I, I wonder what's you know if side by side what max scent would do versus something else with like the new bait fuel or bang or what whatever you use. I'm, I'm interested in bait fuel now yeah, me too i'm interested because you know they say it's water soluble and that's you know i mean max scent is you know it, it it's it really disperses and bait fuel in theory is supposed to do the same thing it's a double-edged sword though that also it means that yeah. versus too much you know or a lot so i don't know i'm intrigued i mean when it comes to my like i use a ton of z-man plastics um i mean bang for your buck and just fish catching ability I don't know if there's a better way to catch fish when it comes to plastics. Um, and, you know, they pre-sense their lures with uh, Procure. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm also a believer in that as well. I've got my own stuff. I'll rub down Ned Rigs. Um, you know, I'll squirt some of that in the bags and let it sit. And um, it absorbs into the Elastec. And it just gets all in there like permanently. That's something that I didn't see advertised. And I mean, I haven't really paid that much to the advertising of bait fuel, but I grabbed a bottle and was reading it because a lot of the guys you see on TV and stuff, like you said, they're just rubbing a bait down with it. It says it on the back of it. It says, fill up your favorite bag of plastics and marinate it. And I was like, oh, well, that makes, yeah. So I I think that, I don't know. it, It seems to be hype right now. And all the people I know using it seem to like it. So maybe there's something to it yeah it's on the list for me to try out i can't wait i mean i hope it doesn't hurt anybody but i can't wait to see like the first person that's trying something new throws it on z-man and it like just like melts because you know the the last tech stuff so sensitive like throw the hook in come back and you just get like a misshapen glob of plastics it'd be hilarious i just i, I use bang because i like saying it. it it like hypes me up now in the water <laughs> spray something bang 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 and, you know it's, it's like a it gets me going I Greg blanchard got me on the fish sticks man and the fish sticks I've, i still love the fish sticks they still work 
Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And the liquid mayhem stuff, too. Ike, man. Justin, how about you, man? Anything anything stand out to you? Uh, I, it, it was pretty basic. I caught just about everything on either a finesse TRD or a big TRD. The finesse TRD, I ran that on a small six ounce Eco Pro tungsten Ned rig head. And the big TRD, I threw that on a 316 ounce Eco Pro tungsten shaky head moneymaker jig. That was pretty much, I mean, I caught a few fish here and there. Like I said, I threw the, the sexy dog junior. Uh, I caught a few fish on that. Um, and I did catch a one call on Saturday at the end of the day. I caught that on a, beast coast fishing little magnum tungsten jig beast coast that they make some cool stuff they they make they make some great jigs man that little magnum i'm a jig junkie like i have literally 12 or more boxes 3600 boxes stacked full of jigs okay i I ain't that deep bro i ain't that deep i got a lot of jigs uh, but i ain't got that many when when beast coast came out with that little magnum uh I don't open those other boxes very often. Have you have you looked at the their open water sniper jig? Yes. The mm. the the football head small football head jig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually had one of those tied on this weekend. Uh, I didn't catch anything on it. Mm. It's basically He's lying. Do you do you prefer the the big the big TRD or the or the OG? I prefer the big TRD. Same, one hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I actually I use that a lot. On, I Texas rig it. I put it on a shaky head. Um, I'll wacky rig it, but with a weighted wacky rig. Um, I'll drop shot it. It's super versatile bait. Yeah. My thought is like if that. if you ever need to use the finesse, just cut it in half. Like. Like I've, I've, I've all but quit buying the small ones just because I always end up throwing the big one anyway. I, I used to use the bang stick for Nico rig, and I just cut it off and use that as TRD. I mean, it's hmm. just the big, the big tickler, I guess. Right. Yeah. Ticklers. Yeah. So uh, since we've we've kind of roughly went around everything, uh, if y'all want to go back through and just give us a. A, a, you know, a good rundown of maybe like your best catches from each day or however you want to do it. Uh, whoever wants to start, man, just sum it all up for us one more time. I guess I'll flip a coin. I'll go first. Um, 
Obviously, the best catch of the weekend would be the 20-and-a-half Smalley on um, Saturday. I need. I knew I needed some big fish, and I caught that fish in, uh, probably around noontime on the, the hump that was in about, I'd say the deepest water around it was about 40 foot. It came up to about 11 foot. I was fishing oh. in about 25 foot. Um, I caught that fish on the, the finesse TRD in 25 feet of water. So uh, that was an epic battle there. It's good and looking fish too. That, that just keyed me in that the bigger fish were going to be there. I waited there. I don't know. I think within 20 minutes, I got the 19 and a half. I, I don't, you, you probably have the time on there, Jimmy, on Tourney X, if you have that up. But, yeah, I just may pull it back up. Um, it, it didn't seem long to me that I caught that 19 and a half, it, literally the same exact spot. Um, but the fact that they were gone on Sunday, because immediately after that, I left. I was like, I'm going to need these bigger fish tomorrow. So I just went looking for new water. Um, it doesn't show ended, me the times, dang it. <laughs> no. Uh, and I ended up culling after that with, a, I think, a 18 or something like that. Uh, that I caught on that jig. Uh, so did, did that 20 and a half, because I know there were a bunch of them caught. So yours was a, according to Tourney X, it's 20 and a quarter. Oh, was um, it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Did you get big fish? No, there was a 21 caught on Sunday. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Ah, I see. I don't know how I missed that. Okay. I saw there was a bunch of 20 and a quarter, so I didn't know if you had... Uh, I know you would have had the sec- biggest second fish, so I didn't know yeah, if you yeah. got you a little more change. And that and then, 21 is a freak size largemouth. Yeah, that's a yeah. that thing looks like it came from down here. Yeah, yeah that's thick. Whew. And on Saturday, I mean, I had lost two good fish early because of a really poor hook choice. As they said, there's no lead allowed uh, in New Hampshire. And I normally throw a tungsten Ned rig anyways, but I was running low because I'm fishing rock piles, breaking them off. <laughs> um, so I went to a tackle store, bought some Ned heads that they had. And I'll just, I'm not going to bash the company on here, but I, I won't use them again because I lost two good fish, cut immediately cut it off, tied my original last original one back on the eco pro tungsten and didn't lose another fish after that. But the, the very next fish that I caught after losing that, that just changed every, I mean, you, you guys all know you fish, you lose fish in a big tournament like that, especially when you're leading in day one, um, that can, that can ruin the rest of your day, the rest of your tournament. Oh, yeah. So catching that next fish, just, that was probably the most important fish. It was only like a 17 and a quarter or 17 and a half, but it was the most important fish of the weekend. Cause it just gave me that confidence back. Um, and really put me in my place to to go out and at least scrounge up the best limit I could to keep myself in a cutting a check and qualifying for the TOC. And Rhode Island, yeah, y'all are having a good team in the KFL, a good year in the KFL this year, right? Yeah, we're one and one right now. Um, we struggled the first game. Uh, we had to make some lineup changes, but Ooh, uh, we okay. we uh, we made it to the conference championship last year. We ended up losing to the Maulers, obviously, because they went to the championship. Uh, but we just beat the Maulers on their home turf last weekend or the weekend before. Uh, so that felt good. That's the first time I've heard anybody doing the KFL thing, like have a bad tournament and say we had to make some lineup changes. I don't know why that um, just sounds uh, brutal. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a straightforward, real talk kind of guy. I'm not going to 
sugarcoat nothing. No, no, no. It's just yeah. like I don't feel like anybody. I mean, I'm I'm sure some some of y'all take it seriously. I just oh, I take it very seriously. If you're not if if you're not willing to put in the time and the effort and be a part of the team, you, this to me it's like Major League Baseball or NFL. Like you're gonna do your job or you're gonna sit on the bench. There's somebody right now sitting there with their hat pulled down. Like, oh, they talking, are. He's talking uh, sure. about me. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I love it. But I, I love them. I love them all. I mean, we go, we fish together as friends. But I, I mean, right to the, to their face, I'll say the same thing here. If you're not doing your job, Dan, are you that you that hardcore on y'all's guys? We made a whole new team. <laughs> 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 hell yes i am <laughs> i scratch I mean, everybody and, and and that's not you know we we had other reasons for it but it, it wasn't it wasn't just like we didn't we thought those people sucked but they had a good team y'all did great last year too yeah we well like them we made it to the conference championship so we both got like third slash fourth you know right right however right. you want to say it yeah we got paid yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah i you know, on my end, as far as like a couple like recap of like highlights and stuff, I, I got a few. I mean, um, uh, the the biggest fish I had this tournament was a 19 inch fish that was basically like doesn't really do it justice, but width wise, this thing was like a barrel, you know, and stuck it on the drop shot in 30 you know plus feet and you know when you have a when you hook a smallie like that and it goes full speed vertical and just comes to the surface you know as fast as it physically can and comes flying out just straight up no arc just and then just shaking the whole way up and falling down back i mean it's just you know it's it's awesome you know stay on stay on stay on stay on (laughs) yeah i mean i lost one and ironically you know when i started on on day one and i had the 89 i lost a larger fish right it did the same thing it that was the only fish i lost this week that this weekend but it, it went full vertical could barely keep up with it and it's just amazing they're like rockets um so that was, you know, that was just a really cool catch. Uh, I had another one um, jump into the kayak from like five feet away and ended up between <laughs> my legs, you know, like just somersault, just straight in, landed between my legs. Went bonsai um, on him. At, what's that? When, uh, what, what, bonsai? In the, no, not bonsai. Uh, Kamikaze. There you Kamikaze, go. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I had the net stuck way out to go get it, and it was just coming my direction, and it just and just came right in. Um, that was cool. And then I, I honestly, I crucial fish for me, my last call on Sunday, which gave me the little baby quarter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh. It was an 18-inch fish. This is already after the boat traffic started in my spot. It was brutal. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I catch a lot of smallmouth. Um, and this fish, the the fight on this fish was unbelievable. Like, I could not – I couldn't get over how it, it would – I would get it just barely outside of net range, go straight back down all the way 30 feet to the bottom. And it would come back up and do it all over again. And I was just blown away because, I mean, I've, you know, I've caught some real, I'm really good smallie that never put up a fight like that. And that fish was so important. And, like, it had me sweating for, like, minutes. 
Was like, it was it the eighteen or the eighteen and a quarter? The eighteen. The eighteen, and, and it's like barely eighteen. Like barely. Like my, ba- barely eighteen. <laughs> barely. My last two. My last two seventeens on Sunday. I was. Oh, I must have wasted so much time trying to get those because they're so close to seventeen and a quarter. Both of them so close to seventeen and a quarter, and I couldn't get them. I know, just barely eighteen, but man, she fought. It was it was unbelievable. Like uh, I'll I'll remember that one for a while. And you know, you get to watch them straight up and down, and with the sun coming down and the crystal clear water, it's just it was a ton of fun. It was just a ton of fun. Sounds like great place. I'm you know uh, another great lake Kobe chose. So. Yep. Justin, how, how about you, man? Oh, he's a uh, he's muted. There we go. My uh. I think my my biggest fish, or the, not necessarily the biggest fish uh, for me, but the, the the fish that was most important was probably the, I guess it was the fifth fish I caught on Sunday. I had gone several hours. I had a, a big flurry. Uh, I, got, I mentioned earlier that second area um, where I decided to start. I was really fortunate nobody else found it. Nobody else was messing with them, and I caught them quick in there. Um, within 15, 20 minutes, I had four. The small one was 16. Um, so I knew I had a chance if I could just get one more big bite. And I spent several hours. Um, I think it was nine o'clock when I, I decided to bail in that area. Ran back to where I fished the first day. It was about a 45 minute drive to get to the other launch um, and a, a pretty quick paddle to get in there. But then I fished for a whole nother hour without a bite. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to blow this. I, you know, did I make the right decision? And um, what I'm, I had found probably the only really decent uh, or consistent area I found for smallmouth was not too far away. And I was getting to the point where I was about to run out there and just try to catch a smallmouth. I had a drop shot rig on a different rod, and I was just going to go out and see if I could catch a smallmouth off at this point uh, to fill the limit. And I, you know, skipped the the missile 48 alongside of a boat, you know, there was a, just a, a really nice shade line. And I skipped the, uh, I skipped the bait. It hit three times on the third, third skip, you know, the fish sucked it down right off the surface and swam straight into some thick grass. And I, I've got that eight pound line. And it was the first one I'd had that actually, you know, swam into, it was close enough to a grass patch to get into. And it was, it bogged down it and I thought it was going to break me off. Um, but when I got that fish out um, and actually got it on the board and saw it was, it was 18. I, I was, uh, it was just like a weight coming off my shoulders. It, it was uh, an awesome, awesome feeling. And um, I settled down. I, I kind of learned from that fish that the other, the fish had positioned differently than they did the first day. The first day I left that area early at, at 10 o'clock, I had, I had my 90 and I spent the rest of the day looking for more fish. Um, but once that sun got high, they pulled out to the deeper part of the dock. There was some still, you know, the shady dark spots, but they were in a little bit deeper water. And, you know, the next, I don't know, 30 minutes, I caught a couple more, um, you know, an 18 and a, and a 19 and a half was my, I think my last fish of the day. But that, that, fifth keeper was the one that I really calmed down because I felt like I'm, I I knew there were a lot of people who were close, you know, a lot, a lot of people with 85 inches, but I, I knew that um, I was going to have a really good chance of making a check. And it was going to take a lot of people having a really, really good day for me to, uh, 
you know, to, to not be close. I felt like I had a good chance to make the TOC at that point. Um, and it just, I went from being nervous and thinking that, you know, I, another bad day too, where you, you kind of mess up your tournament to, to really feeling, really feeling good. And that it was just, that made my day. Did you think you had it in the bag coming in? Uh, yeah, I kind of did. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you never know that the, the there were so many guys with 80 to 85 and you, you never know there's there's so many good fishermen and there's so many lakes where there, there were a lot of 20 inch fish that got caught and you know somebody runs into a wad of them and puts up 100 inches there were 50 guys that could have done that in the yeah. field put up 100 inches and had 180. so even with, like with that fish i was just talking about I, I was sitting at 180 after that fish but i i i still didn't feel great about it and i, I I didn't know it's I wasn't going to feel I don't know I've had too many where I felt good going in and then you end up you know the, after the leaderboard shuts off you know a couple guys who were out of cell range submit some fish and now all of a sudden you're you know you fall down and you, know, you go in thinking you know you're gonna get some hardware and you end up you end up uh, first out of the money or something I, yeah <laughs> yeah or you know close but you know and it, it's a good day but it just kind of I don't know I I, I'm not taking it for granted until it happens, but I, I felt good. I felt like it was, if somebody caught a hundred inches, you know, I was going to shake their hand and say, great job, man. You, you yeah. earned it. I, I was happy that I didn't lose it. I didn't, I didn't give it away. Well, were you happy after day one seeing that Drew was not gonna, you know, come take that next one from you? Cause I mean, he <laughs> drew, I'm trying to think he was in, he was down there. He was like 39th. So he had 82 first day. Like you said, he had a good first day and he could have capitalized on it. But I don't know. Did, did you just, and I only bring it up just because everybody knows he's been on his like little run. Did, did you really think that he was going to come around you on day two? Is he the one that you were thinking about the most or? I wasn't really thinking about anybody in particular. But if he had walked in with 100 inches, I would not have been surprised. Figures. The last couple of <laughs> Yeah, like the last couple of tournaments, you know, fishing against him, he he when the leaderboard went off, he hadn't uploaded fish or he um I don't know if he hadn't caught him or just he hadn't gotten in cell range, but he's I mean, I, I've fished in every single one of the last tournaments that he's won. <laughs> it's just it's amazing seeing you know him putting up ninety-five on Champlain back to back days to sweep the the trail and then take the the pro series at KBF, um, and then the two back back to back bass masters. Um I mean, it's an insane run he's been on. So I would not have been surprised if he came in with 100 inches and, you know, jumped everybody. Are you going to come down to uh, just the, the Bassmaster on Pickwick? Are you making that run down here for that one? This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Dakova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. 
Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Sorry, I think my internet connection's cutting out. I didn't hear it. I I was asking if you think you were going to make the run down to uh, Pickwick for the that Bassmaster event. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, Sweet. I'm at least. Uh, I feel like uh, if Drew shows up, I feel like he's going to have a good finish. And I did the math. I don't remember exactly the number of places, but I have to finish a number of places ahead of him to to get AOY. And it, I feel like he's a long shot, but. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to give it to him. Make him earn it. Heck yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate y'all being on before we let you go. We want to give you a chance to shout out any sponsors or anybody that makes fishing just easier. Uh, Rhode Island, Justin, how about you, man? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to first thank Hobie BOS for putting on this event. Um, This was my first Hobie event, like I said, and it was fantastic. Hobie does it right. Um, FX Custom Rods, Extreme Angler Series. Uh, they supply me with their the great rods, technique specific, uh, lose reels, Strike King Lair Company. Uh, my wife for holding down the fort. I got five kids and she takes care, right. care of the home while I'm away. Uh, I couldn't do this without her. Uh, my mom, my Big shout out to my stepdad. Uh, anybody who's followed me in the past knows I always shout him out because he is my biggest fan. Uh, I couldn't get through a tournament day without that guy. I mean, text messages all day, keeping me uh, out of my own head and focused on uh, the goal at hand. Uh, yeah, the uh, Ocean State Kayak Bassin. Uh, great group of guys here in Rhode Island. Uh, I found at the club and handed it over to a buddy to run last year. Um, couldn't do it without those guys. I've learned a ton from fishing with them. Um, and the Rhode Island Rebels KFL fishing team, uh, we're, we're coming for that uh, KFL championship this year. There you go. We'll see. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> was that? I, I'll right. see, see you there, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good on check. Well, hopefully we'll be there. Matt, how about you, man? Uh, I don't have any, you know, sponsors or anything like that. Um, I'd like to thank Kobe for, you know, coming out, putting on another great tournament. Um, you know, I hope they I hope they come back up and showcase some more of our fishing up here, and I'll be there. Sounds Heck good. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll do it for the other Justin. Uh missile baits, <laughs> quantum rods and reels. You know, that that's his sponsors. I, I know those. So yep. <laughs> we appreciate y'all being on and uh and good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. All right, Thank thanks. You. Congrats, right. Justin. You too. All right. Well, another good show in the books. Uh sucks that uh Justin's internet went out there. I seen him yeah. take off running real fast was, to come back. But he was fighting it. He was fighting it. But uh so like I said before, uh we had a bunch of tournaments go down last Saturday. 
So everybody hang out with me for a little bit because it is going to take a second. Oh boy. We will get started. So first off, we've got the uh, Ontario Bass Nation Bassmaster event on Rondo Bay. They had 49 anglers. First place was Rob uh, Beginski with 88 and three quarters. Second place, Darren McGuire with 88 and a quarter. And third place, Tim Percy with 88 and a quarter. Tim Percy. Uh, heck yeah. Uh, moving on, we've got the... Well, here, here he oh, he came back. Bring him in. Yeah, here. Man, sh- oh, shout out. Shout out. Yeah, Quantum and Missile, man. Shout him out, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got to thank Quantum Bob. All the, all the rods and reels I've got, everything I'm throwing is quantum. Uh, vicious fishing, um, that's the line that I'm using. And then uh, missile baits, um, I've I've used them heavily for the last year, and they have since this spring, man. I've, I've just about every every check I've cashed, it, it's been on missile baits. They've they've played a role in every everything good that's happened to me this year. So, um, and then I got I got to give a shout out to mom and dad. Um, for putting up with me talking fishing all the time and for you know following me all the time following long tournaments and cheering me on um, and then some of my fishing buddies they know who they are um, you know I've had multiple guys reaching out you know at, at a couple different events this year where you're you're, you're having a rough uh, rough patch and then you get kind of a text hey man get another one and, and it's just it uh, that, that helps a lot it it motivates you and uh, I've had a couple where it you know, after I get that text, you know, I, you're going a little wrong. And uh, so, yeah, thanks to those guys. Cool. Well, thank you for being on. Good luck, man. You're doing great in Bass and Hobie. Good luck the rest of the season, man. Much appreciated. You guys have a good one. Nah, you go. too. Later, man. All right. All right. On. All right. So uh, back to it. The Kayak Anglers of Eastern Pennsylvania on Lake Nakamixon. We're going to go with that. Uh, first place was TJ Sweeney with 56 inches, three fish tournament. Uh, second place, George Lohr with 51. And third place, Scott Van Derrick with 50. Next up, we've got the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. Uh, it says the Portage area. Uh, 67 anglers. First place, Aaron Stallabaum with 95 and three quarters. Big bag. Second place, Reese Stalton with 95 and third place, Brian Slayton with 91 and three quarters. Uh, next up from that, we have the Ontario kayak bass trail on Lake St. Clair. They had a 112 anglers show up for that one. The Canada clubs are putting out, ain't they? That's nuts, man. Yeah. Well, they, they can only fish like a month, so they got to get out. They there getting water. it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Canada, don't get angry. Oh Lord. They won't. They're too nice. Oh, first place, uh, Michael Blumhagen with 96 and three quarters. Second place, Adam Blackmore, who also had 96 and three quarters, lost by a quarter inch big fish difference. Man. God, that's got to suck. <laughs> Third place was Justin Aram with 95 and a quarter. So a bunch of big bags. There were 90 inch bags all the way down to 23rd place. So St. Clair is on fire. It's on fire up north right now. So next up is the Kayak Anglers of Laurel Highlands in an event called the Steel Plate Classic. Um, didn't really see where it was, but it was a two-day event. 36 anglers, uh, Adam Dobbinspeck, uh, 162 and a quarter. Uh, second place, Keaton Votley with 158 and a half. Third place, Daniel Darrington with 157. So decent numbers. Most of those guys looking at it all had way better second days than they had day one. So, 
kind of small two-day limits, but good job to those guys that made it happen. Uh, next up, the Mountain State Kayak Anglers are on the south branch of the Potomac. They had 29 anglers. It's a three-fish event. First place was Rick Goff with 52 and three-quarters. Second place was Jordan Ross with 50 and a half. Third place is Bradley McClung with 50 inches. Uh, next on the list is the NYKBF event on, on Oneida Lake. They had 44 anglers. First place, Bailey Iger again, 92 and a quarter. He's on Sec- a roll. Yeah, he is. Second place, uh, Dale Van Horn with 89. Third place, Simon Morgan with 86. All right, uh, moving on, we have the Michigan Kayak Trail on Muskegon Lake. Uh, 46 anglers, five fish event. First place, Stephen Crooks with 86 and three quarter. Second place, Christopher uh, Gilruth with 86 and three quarters also. And he lost to the big fish, but by an inch and a quarter. Or no, by three quarters of an inch. So damn, that sucks too. Uh, third place was Tim DeSmith with 85 and three quarters. Uh, moving on, we had the KBFTN event on Percy Priest, which was also in conjunction with the KBF event, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, the KBFTN event had 28 anglers. Uh, Chuck Miser, first place with 86. Second place, Paris Edwards with 85 and a quarter. And third place, Josh Stewart with 83 and a quarter. Uh, next up is the Minyak Trail on Horseshoe. 30 anglers in this one. First place, Ryan Thompson with 93 and a quarter. Second place, Daniel Zimrashid with 90 and a half. Third place, Joey Vanyo with 88 and three quarters. Uh, next up is the Nebraska Kayak Series at Red Willow. They had 30 anglers as well. First place, Austin Bland with 94 and a quarter. Second place, Kevin Workman with 91 and a half. And third place, Brady Stores with 90 and three quarters. Bunch of good bags in that tournament. They... They kept the 90s up through 5th and good numbers through the 10th place. Another another good event. Uh, next up is Indiana Kayak Anglers on Hardy Lake. They had 38 anglers. First place, Anthony Burris with 74 and 3 quarters. That's a five-fish tournament. Second place was Jacob Fordonsky with 71 and 3 quarters. And third place, Jeff Fordonsky with 71 and a half. Something to note is only the top four had limits, and no one caught more than two fish past eighth place. So tough, tough event for those guys. Mm. Next up is the, well, I'm going to call it sick. <laughs> it is Sciac. the SIKC. I don't even know who this is, but um, Caffeine Lake. They had 26 anglers. First place, Mike Gregert with 84 and three quarters. Second place, Austin uh, Weed Hunter with 84 and a half. And third place, Dustin Siegel with 84. Uh, next up is the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. Uh, they were on Conroe. And they had 73 anglers. First place for Orlando Nandon uh, with 90 inches. Second place, Andrew Dixon with 89 and three quarters. Third place, Jared Parker with 88 and three quarters. And if you're interested in that one, go uh, check out Armando's show over at Bass Kayak and Beers. He just had uh, Rolando on this week, I think. And, and he had uh, a freaking mega. He had like a 25 in that. Uh, he had a 25 and a half. Is that what it and, was? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. And it, it fills up the, the Catch X board yeah. in just every way you'd want it to. Like, it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, man. That, that's, that's the biggest fish I've seen this year. 
Yeah, I, I think I saw one twenty six in the spawn, oh, but it was in like a uh, like a statewide thing. I mean, it's still a great fish, no matter how you look at it. I just I don't think we covered it. I just think I remember seeing it yeah. because it was like six people in it or something like that. But still, that's a big fish. All right, so we have the uh, NRS Inland Kayak Open event on Dorshack Reservoir. Um, we had forty four anglers in that one. <laughs> Uh, Dan Simrashid with 91 and a half, Joshua Duggar with 78 and three quarters, and Trey Potts in third with 77 and three quarters. Uh, next up, we have the Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. It was a multi-species event, so they had 43 anglers. It was trout and pike. Um, Paul Roth had a combined of 118.75. James uh, Sandrovich with 113 and a half and third with Brett Wendling with 111 and a half. And what I am seeing is I think you had to have three trout and two pikes. So that's a pretty cool. We'll mix it up tournament right there. I saw. Uh, we already covered that one. All right. Last two. We get over to the KBF world. Got to swap screens to pull these up. <laughs> All right. So we're, uh, we're now looking at fish. Stinking fish and chaos. I'm gonna say it. Trash. Yeah. yeah. It. I'm right. not even gonna get into it. Never mind. It sucks. I was about to. Yeah, I just don't like it as much. <laughs> no. Hey, and Dwayne, if I, I know Dwayne might or might not listen to this, your whole front page, bring back the old way. That was better. So, <laughs> so I, if, if I'm going to put down one, I got to put down the other a little bit. There you too, go. Fish and chaos is not awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, like I said, there was a KBF event <laughs> with uh, Percy Priest Lake with that KBF TN event. Uh, Trail one, Chuck Miser, who won the KBF TN Wednesday, won with 86 inches. Ron Hilmeyer was second with 84 and three quarter. Uh, Josh Stewart was third with 83 and a quarter. Uh, and a quarter. The Trail day two, uh, Demon Henderson won with 81 and a half. Jared Stanley won with 79 and three quarter, or second place with 79 and three quarters. Anthony Winkleman was 78 and a half. And the Pro Series event was won by Gene Jensen with 156.5. Russ Snyders was second, 153 and a quarter. And Jody Queen was 147.5 right behind him. Gene came back and totally redeemed himself. He did, for now, until something gets said, I guess. No. <laughs> no. He learned. I mean, which, yeah. I mean, he didn't, in my opinion, it, I'm, yeah, I'm not he, getting he, into it. He, he didn't cheat. He did no, not cheat. He, you try to get every advantage you can. And, and that he one, did it just it, that. It, it, was, it was just a little too close. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you, I have been fishing in a marina and missed the freaking no fishing sign before. I mean, yeah. I do it like from the bank all the time. Yeah. I'm sure I've done it in a kayak and not realize that you're not supposed to be in there. Uh, but next up, we had the, uh, in the last one was the KBF event on the lower Ote. Ote. Uh, Ote. Ote. <laughs> Trail one uh, event, Mark Chrisman, 88 and a quarter for the win. Chris Harris with 88 for second. And Steve Buckner with 86 and a half. Um, trail day two, Steve Buckner comes around and gets a win with 88 and a quarter. Damian Tao with 87 and Lance Engel with 83 and a half. And my man, we had him on not too long ago. The Pro Series winner, Dominic Dawn, comes in with 166. Damian Tao, second place, 165 and a half. And Lance Engel, 164 and a half. So there we go. A lot of talking, and I'm tired of talking tournaments for this week now. Jesus Christ. Congrats uh, to everybody that did really good. Thanks to everybody that uh, 
you know, keeps up with us. Make sure you check it out on YouTube. You know, share us up. We love everybody, and we will probably see y'all next week if y'all don't get us canceled. Hey, and follow my YouTube, Daniel. And Perry follow Perry. his YouTube. I'm at trying to get a million. One six. I'm trying to get to two hundred. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Come everybody, on. go check out my Instagram, uh, Jimmy Skinner Fishing. I want to hit two thousand. I'm at sixteen hundred. So four of you, four four of you, four hundred of you fine souls, go go give me a follow. There we, we should have a competition like who can hit which one first. I'd actually have to start doing a lot more posting again, so you're going to win. <laughs> I post a lot on YouTube. I'm Man. giving out juice over there. Go check it out. I I posted. I, I went for I don't know eight months without a post, and finally got back to it. So I'm stockpiling footage though, so it's coming. We see everybody. We love y'all. Peace. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment Four in the morning, join me chef jean-paul bourgeois and the whole crew here at duck camp dinners every monday at 8 p.m eastern on waypoint tv birds up in the sky